This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Word of the Lord, thank you, sir. If you'll go with me to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter number 12 is where we're going to go. And today's a unique day for me because uh, I'm not in a series. So this is a standalone message that I've been able to take time and just really hear from the Lord. And I feel strong about today's message. I've told a handful of friends, a part of our church and community, that I really feel like, like I, I know that I've heard from God for someone. And it might just be you. So I want you to open up your heart and get ready to receive. And my, my message today is titled this, When God Exceeds Expectations. When God does more than what you've been hoping for. When God really shows up and shows out. Are you getting the picture? When God exceeds expectations. Now, I'm excited to preach and I'm going to get right to it, but I'm a little bit nervous. I don't, I don't get nervous every time I preach, but boy, do I get nervous when I'm preaching on the Sunday after hearing my wife crush it on Mother's Day Sunday. Wow. And she claims to not be a speaker. Boy, just think if she was. I mean, come on. Last Sunday, she just outdid herself. And if you're a visitor today, if you're a guest, we welcome you. We want to introduce you to our app. Calvary FTW is our app for Android and smart devices of all kind. And, and my notes are going to be on there. But then also, you can go back and listen to that message from last Sunday, Fruitful in every season. She just really did a great job. And I would like to just say as as a pastor, that message she spoke last week is not just regulated and limited to to the female or to the mother. There were so many things said that would be a blessing to you. So go back and listen to that and then we'll dive right in today. Taking your Bibles to Genesis 12 chapter 1 and uh, Genesis 12 verse 1 rather. While you're getting that, let me just set it up. Have you ever been in the position before where the environment was right, the, your heart was right, your need was great, and something on the inside of you chose, you made a decision to go all in and believe God for a miracle. I know I've been there before. I've been where I felt like my back was against the wall. I've been there where I felt like that the night was dark and it would never end. And I just needed God to do something great. So my need was, was really big. My faith was even bigger. And I chose, I made the choice just to go all in and believe God for the miracle. Well, if you've ever been there then you would know that what you walked into after that step of faith was a period of time, a space of time, a dimension called trusting God. And that's a difficult place to be. It's difficult to go from big need, greater faith, trusting God, and then having to wait On the Lord. Time has a way of taking its toll on us. And we're going to look into scripture and see that we're not the only one. 
And again, someone here today, this was for you. Genesis 12, verse number 1. The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, leave your relatives, and leave your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. So, we're leaving, and we don't know where we're going. Leave, but I'll show you where. Verse number 2. I'm going to make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and, I will, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all of his wealth. He took his livestock, all the people that he had taken into his household, and he headed out for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the oak of Morah. And at that time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. So the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who appeared to him. When God exceeds your expectations, let's get started today. Most of us in this room, the moment our eyes locked in on the text, if we were reading along, if you weren't reading along, your ears definitely heard the blessing portion of Scripture. Because every single one of us in this room, we, we, our radar goes off when we hear about the blessings of God. And it's only natural. Because in our humanity, we know that we have a ceiling of what we can do for ourselves or for our family. So we know in our humanity that we need God to do something great in our lives. Can somebody say amen to that? We know that we have limits. We have a ceiling on our own self-provision. We need God to do something in our lives. Well, Abram, he as well heard those words I will bless you. He heard all of that. But unlike Abram, some of us in the room today, we got so fixed on that blessing portion of Scripture that we failed to see something critical that was placed in specific order before the blessing. See, what preceded the promises of God was the instruction of God. And there's a lot of dangerous doctrine, dangerous philosophy, dangerous teaching that the blessings of God don't have any strings attached. Can I tell you something today? That the saving grace of God has no strings attached. But the blessings of the Lord definitely come with instructions. 
So for all of my friends in this second service today, if you're looking for God to do something great in your life, you're going to have to have eyes to see and ears to hear the instruction of the Lord. Someone say amen. amen. So what was the instruction? Well, it starts out in Genesis 12, verse number 1, with a word that none of us want to hear. <laughs> it starts out with this. Leave, leave your native country. Leave your relatives. Leave your father's family. Everyone say leave. Leave. I chose to put it in my notes this way, and I'm hoping that it means something to you enough to write it down or put it on Twitter or, or just nudge your neighbor and say, wow, that was really amazing, something. And that was, if you're going to pursue God's best, then you're going to have to be willing to leave the rest. I'm not Eminem. I'm not Chance. I'm definitely, <laughs> Stephanie got tickled on that one. <laughs> but that was a pretty good little made-up statement right there. Hopefully you can remember this for a long time. If you're going to embrace the best of God, then you're going to have to be willing to leave the rest behind. Bishop Ron has trained me in so many areas of my ministry, one of which is is the, the beautiful marriage covenant. When I'm performing a wedding, I really spend time on this. I really try my best to spend time in premarital counseling and also the wedding ceremony to promote the, the beautiful truth of Genesis 2 and 24. If a man is going to join covenant with a woman and a woman with a man, the first step to healthy marriage is both of them leaving behind all other relationships. And, and, and that's, that's including mom. There's nothing worse than a bride of three years still running off to mom. Can I just preach a little while? Or am I going to split the church right down the middle? Somebody said, leave that part alone. Just stick to the sermon. Hey, it matters when, 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 you, when you leave all other relationships. When a husband will, will stop running off to his dad over everything and become the man of his home. Okay, let's just get back to the sermon. That's I didn't even touch that in the 8.30. Wonder why. But in this service, it might be good teaching. Here it is, everybody. Leave behind all other interests, all other relationships, all other, all other, uh, uh, all, all other interest, you got to leave it behind. Let's just talk about salvation for a moment. You can't have the full saving grace of God if you're continuing to keep one foot in the world. If you're going to have all of God, he needs to have all of you. If you're going to enter into the blessed life of God, you can't just keep your your interest and your dreams and your vision, even Jesus said, not my will be done to the Heavenly Father. He said, not my will be done, but thine be done. I'm going to leave my desires, my dreams and hopes, and I'm going to go all in. Everyone say, all in. Abram, 
If you are going to have the I will promises established in your life, you're going to have to leave behind some things. For every single one of us in the room, it's leaving our familiar places. It's leaving our comfort. It's leaving our traditions. I, I simply say it's leaving behind anything and everything that has the influence that would keep you where God found you. Because where God's going to find you and somebody today, someone today, you're, you're going to reach up and give God your heart today. And God's plan for you is to always go into the progressive blessings of God, not to stay where he finds you. So everyone in the room, listen up. Before you can ever enjoy the blessings of God, you're going to have to leave some things behind. And once Abram got the instruction, he heard the, he heard the instruction to leave. He then heard the promise. What were those? Verses 2 and 3, I will. When God says, I will, unlike people, you can take him at his word. If I tell you I will, there's a chance I may not. If you tell me that you will, there's a chance you won't. But when God says, I will. You can take him at his word. And he told Abram, I'm going to give you some instruction. You're going to have to leave. You're going to have to leave some things to get some things. You're going to have to walk out of some things to walk into some things. You're going to have to say goodbye to some things to say hello to some things. Those things that I'm wanting to lead you to is that I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. I will Bless you in a way that you will be a blessing to others. I will bless you to the point that whoever blesses you, I'll bless them. And I'll curse those who curse you. And here's something worth underlining before we can go any further. All the families on earth will be blessed through you, Abram, if you'll follow my instruction. What was the instruction? Everyone say leave. You're going to have to leave some things, and if you'll do your part, if you'll repent, if you'll walk out, if you'll say no to the old way of living, if you will leave, I will bless you. And I love verse number four, because this is where the, this is where the real teaching starts. Verse four, a man had heard instruction a man had heard the reward of obedience, and the man said, pack your bags, Sarai, load everything we have, get the solo cups, get the premium crackers, get all the change of clothes we have, load it all up, put the Yeti into the trailer, we're leaving. Where are we going? I don't know, but I heard about the blessing, and I heard the blessing will not come if we stay. We have to leave. But when are we leaving? Now. Where are we going? We'll figure it out. He departed. And there are some of you. This is the individual or the group of people that I've come to minister to today. There are some of you that five years ago, 20 years ago, possibly even 24 hours ago, you went all in with God. You left behind the world of sin. You left behind 
all of your hopes and dreams. You left behind some relationships, possibly family connections. And you heard and you saw the vision. You heard the voice of God calling you to a higher place of, of seeing a miracle in your life. And you calculated it. You, you, you thought about it. You prayed about it. And you made the decision to go all in. And you're the person I'm preaching to because nothing's happened yet. In this standalone sermon that's not tied to any series, someone was coming to this church campus today because you were in the same span of time that Abram was in. And you have been believing God. You have been praying to God. You have been crying to God. You have been trusting God. But time is starting to take its toll on you. Genesis 15. Three chapters later. Three chapters. You say, well, that's not a long time. I could read that in about two and a half minutes. In reality, it was a decade later. Between Genesis 12 and Genesis 15, commentaries say it was about a decade long. And Genesis 15 and verse 1 starts with these, <laughs> with these sobering words. Sometime later. How long? Sometime later. Was it a week? Sometime later. Sometime later. The Lord spoke to Abram in a vision, and he said to Abram, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you, and your reward will be great. <laughs> hey, everybody. And Abram had enough of it. Abram was done with God. Abram has left it all. He left his cousins. He left his friends. He left his house. He, he left it all. Walked out on everybody. He just took his girl. He took his nephew. He took a few of his employees. He took his money and his clothes and his food. And he went all in. And a decade later, he's not seen anything happen the way God said it would happen. And here God is again saying, Abram, I've got you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to reward you. And Abram responded like some of you have recently been responding because the Holy Spirit has shown me that you've been responding. What is up with you again messing with me like this? You know I went all in. You know I left it all behind. You know I just went just, just crazy love after you because you told me that if I would leave, that I would see the miracle, the breakthrough, the provision, the, the deliverance, the change, and now you're going to come a decade later and try to do this all over again. And Abram says, Oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all these blessings you talk about when I don't even have a son. Years ago you told me I was going to be the father of nations. 
How are you going to tell me that? I don't even have a boy. Years ago, you told me all the families on earth were going to be blessed through me. I don't even have a son. And you want me to buy this again? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You told me to give. You know, years ago, you told me to give to that missionary. You told me to give. And I nudged my wife, and my wife said, I know we got to give. We got to give to the missionary. And I told her, well, how much you want to give? Let's just give it all. We gave it all. We're still broke now. You told me to, you told me to, to serve. You told me to serve. And, and I canceled everything. I cleared my schedule because you told me if I would serve, our family was going to just and we were going to enjoy these great blessings on our life that we were going to be closer to God and closer to people and you were going to do a miracle. I have worked my fanny off down there at that church and all I got to show for it is no fanny. I went all in. Believe in you. And I have nothing to show for it. And here you are again telling me that you're going to do something good for me. What point is it when I don't even have a son? Oh, my goodness. Time has a way. Time has a way. When it keeps on ticking, ticking, ticking. When time keeps on ticking, it has a way of bringing our expectations lower. We once believed God for this. And over time, when we don't see anything, we, believe, we might believe God for this. Give it some more time, we'll start believing God for this. Give it some more time, we just don't really believe God for anything because, you know, it's been a decade, you know. It's been a while, and I don't even have a son. Galatians 6, 9 has come by to remind somebody in this room today, don't you get tired of doing what's good. Because at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if, 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 string, string attached, asterisk, small print, condition, if we don't give up. Somebody say, don't give up. But Abram sounds like he had already given up. What's good is all this blessing if I don't even have a boy? I don't even have a son. But Galatians comes and tells us, Paul's talking to the church in Galatians. Hey, everybody, don't you get tired of doing what's good. Don't get tired of giving. Don't get tired of serving. Don't get tired of loving. Don't get tired of trying. Why? Because at just the right time. Here was Abram sometime later. And here's Paul in Galatia at just the right time. Well, I'm done with all this waiting stuff. Sounds like the parable that Jesus taught, Matthew 13, verses 3 through 9. Jesus is teaching the parable that a farmer, he had a bag of seed and he went out to sow seed. He went out to scatter seed and he, and he, and he, threw, his, he threw his seeds out into different areas. The Bible says in, in verse number 4, he scattered them across the field and some seeds fell on the footpath. Where, where, where the farmer would typically walk. And, and all of us know that where, 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 where a foot would walk over and over and over again, that dirt would become real solid and packed down. And it says it fell upon the footpath 
and the birds came and ate it because the seeds just stayed right there on the surface and, and the birds would eat it. Verse number 5 says, well, some seeds fell on shallow soil. Why? Because it only had a top surface because the rock was there. Well, it says those seeds sprouted up real quick. They, they really came up quick. But the soil was so shallow that the plants would wilt in the hot sun because they never had roots. Verse 7 says, other seeds though, they fell among thorns. So right over there in the corners of the, of the pasture were these areas that was unkept and it had thorns up. Even though some seed made its way into those thorny areas, the Bible says that the thorns would choke out those plants and they wouldn't survive. But verse 8, still other seeds fell on fertile soil. They produced the crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much that had been planted. Some of you feel like your prayers as a seed, you've prayed and your faith as a seed, you've believed and your hope as a seed, you've been hoping, but it seems like your prayers, your faith, your hope has just fallen on a footpath and, and other things have devoured it up. Some of you feel like you've prayed and hoped and had faith, but yet other things have choked it out. Time has choked it out. Everybody listen to me this morning. Wake up and listen to me today. There's some of you, though, that you've been praying and you've been believing, and your faith and your prayers and your hope, they are in fertile soil. They are in the heavens. They are in the hand of God. The problem is they've gone underground. And the seed that goes underground is unseen. And you can walk on top of that soil and think, well, my goodness, I know this is where I've planted it. What in the world has happened? It makes sense over there at the footpath, the birds ate it. It makes sense over there at the, the stony ground. That I, get, I get that, there's no roots. And, and over there in the thorns, I get that. But I know that I've put my faith in God. I know that I've given to the work of God. I know that I've, I've served the house of God. I know that this is fertile ground. I know it's good soil. Then what in the world is happening why am I not seeing anything going on in my favor, in my direction, in, in my life? Because it's unseen. And God's sending the right amount of water. And God's sending the right amount of sun. And the disconnect from humanity to what God is doing is, it's on His time. And we are on our time. Because we know that life is but a vapor. It's here and it's gone. So good night. Let's go to Disney now. <laughs> so let's not get tired of doing what is good. Why? Because at just the right time. When? When it's the right time. Well, when is that? When it's the right time. Do you have a schedule? When it's the right time. What day of the week? When it's the right time. What season for crying out loud? When it's the right time. What year? I'm about done with this. At just the right time. You will reap 
the harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And I have taken a whole day and a whole bunch of time for just one or two or a handful of people to remind you of the goodness of the Lord. And time is wanting you to start second-guessing that offering. Time is wanting you to start second-guessing your serving. Time is wanting you to second-guess your, your love and your, and your effort and your grace that you've shown others. Time is wanting you to start second-guessing God. But can I just tell you somebody that just at the right time time if you don't give up you're going to see the 30 the 60 the 100 fold blessing of what you've sown you just can't afford to stop now somebody say I receive come on and clap your hands to Jesus today come on everybody let's just clap our hands to the Lord because here's another word the first one we heard was in Genesis 15, at some point later, sometime later. Boy, that's just kind of sobering and depressing. It's sometime later. Well, when is that? We don't know. It was about a decade for that guy. And then the other one was Galatians 6, at just the right time. Well, here's another word that we better get comfortable with, eventually. If you have a child under your care, I want you to raise your hand real quick. If you're raising a baby or two or 15. If you've got kids, let me give you your best word to use, eventually. When am I going to get that? Eventually. When are we going to go there? Eventually. Well, when's it going to happen for me? Eventually. But it already happened for her. What about me? Eventually. But daddy, when? Eventually. Shut up. There's your other word. <laughs> Boy, you put those two together. Woo! <laughs> Eventually. Now become a child. If you had your hand lifted, become a child. And imagine yourself with your heavenly father. Because that's exactly what we're doing. I gave to that. And I'm not, I'm not, you told me if I shall give, it shall be given back. And I'm not seeing it. Eventually. I served those days. I taught that class. I sang that song. I greeted at that door. And you told me that our family was going. Eventually. I praised through my trial. I worshiped through my pain. And you told me that was the way through the breakthrough. Eventually. At just the right time, you will reap the harvest of blessing if you don't give up. And like an old football coach, but I'm in a white jacket with a pink shirt, so don't judge me too hard. But like an old football coach, I'm just trying my best to tell somebody, don't give up. Because at just the right time, at some time later, eventually, you're about to have your mind blown at the multiplication of the miracle in your life. Because what is happening with every single day you pray, 
that is followed by every single night you put your head on your pillow and you're, you're, you're disappointed like Abram. You were disappointed in the midnight hour that nothing happened. Time is lowering your expectations of God. You've gone from believing God to be the father of nations to now you're just wanting a boy. You're just wanting a son. Some of you were promised of God for financial increase in your job. You're, you, you take a dime an hour raise at this point. Some of you were promised love, and now you're just like, if the dude's got breath in his lungs, I'll take him. Some of you were promised, you were, you were just, you, you, you're just willing to settle. Everyone say, don't settle. You were promised a house, and now you're like, man, I don't care if it's in the back room of my mother's home. We'll just, you know, we'll paint it differently, and we'll call it our own house. You're just willing to settle. And I've just come by to tell you, don't give up. If God promised you something, and if you went all in for something, that obedience and that step of faith is going to bring you the harvest that you're believing for in multiplied ways. Well, let's get back to Abram real quick. This is what happened. Back to Genesis 15. He says to God, what's the point of your blessings when I don't even have a son? What's the point of this? Why are you waking me up in a vision in the middle of the night? You won't even let me sleep good, God. And God said in verse 5, get up. I want you to come outside of your tent. Well, I, I can't. I got my little Aquaman underoos on, God. I can't come out of the tent. Well, put a robe on because you're coming out of your tent. Why do you want me to get one? What were you doing, man? Lord, man, you keep messing with me, God. I've already given all I can give. I've already prayed all I can pray. I've already trusted all I can trust. Just leave me alone. Get up and come outside of your tent. I'll be back. God's got to show me something. And he walks outside. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. And God says, look up. Okay, I get it. You want me to be positive? Out. He says, no, look up. Physically, look up. Look. Okay. What? Count the stars. Dude, I can't count the stars. First of all, I'm tired. Plus, I'm from Louisiana. I can't. I can't count the stars. There's a whole bunch of stars, man. It's overwhelming. Count them. I can't count them. Exactly. And that's the amount of people I'm going to give you. Time has caused you to lower your expectations of my promise. Here you are willing to settle for a son. But you went all in in faith for to be a father of many nations. You went all in in faith that everybody that blesses you, I was going to bless them. All the families of the earth were going to be blessed through you. And you're willing to settle at 3 o'clock in the morning in a dark tent for just a sun? Get out that tent and I want you to look up. And all of a sudden, Abram looked up and he went back. It's almost like he went back a decade and he started hearing and he started feeling and he started sensing and he started seeing and he started experiencing that same level of faith that he originally had when God gave him the vision and the promise and Abram believed the Lord. The Bible says in verse number 6, and Abram believed. 
So just for a few more minutes of your time today, I've come by on this Sunday to get some of you to start looking up again. You need to start looking up again, man. You need to start looking up again. It's time for you to get out of the house. It's time for you to get out of that old dark room. It's time for you to get out of your familiar surroundings. You've gotten sleepy in the tent. You've gotten comfortable on the couch. It's time for you to get out again. And it's time for you to start dreaming again. It's time for you to start believing God again. If God told you the promotion is in line, then get ready. It's in line. If he's told you that marriage is in your future, then it's in your future. If he's told you that kids are a part of your vision, and future, get ready. Don't stop doing what you're doing. Get ready. It's going to happen. Man. Everybody say, look up. Don't nudge. Slap your neighbor and say, look up. Now tell them, get your hands off me. Don't hit me like that again. Everybody say, look up. Count the stars. I dare you to start dreaming like that. I dare you to start praying like that. I dare you to start trusting like that. Because I can tell you right now, your, your, your absolute breakthrough is just around the corner. Eventually, at just the right time, sometime later, I know that you want to know that you want to know that you want to know exactly the time. But I can tell you right now, you'll never know if you give up. So somebody reached deep today. And let's believe God for the supernatural today. Let's believe God for the breakthrough today. Because I can tell you right now, God's not wanting to meet your expectations. He's wanting to exceed them. And if you're believing God for one, he's willing to give you ten. If you're believing, not kids, don't get nervous. Some of you right there said, I ain't saying amen to that. (laughs) I heard in my spirit somebody say, get thee behind me, Satan. Come on, somebody. We going to believe God? Worship team, come help me close today. Prayer partners, come help me close today. Why can I preach the way I preach about this? Because Galatians chapter number 3. Galatians chapter number 3, verse number 29 in the Living Bible. Galatians 3, verse 29 in the Living Bible says, And now... Everyone say now. When? When? Now that we are Christ, we are the true descendants of Abraham. And all, how many? How many? All of God's promises to him belong to us. Julie, you sure blessed me on Facebook the other day. I never saw that coming. My friend Julie put on Facebook a picture. Was that at work? Was that at home? Where was that? At your office? At office? At home? A little handout that I placed into the worship guides some some many sermons ago. I love visuals and I love little handouts to send home with you. Well, she didn't know that I was planning this today. But inside your worship guide, I've placed a little insert there. And I trust that you gathered your worship guide when you walked in the door. It's just simply titled, When God Exceeds My Expectations. And it's today's date. And on the lower portion, you'll see the reference. Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 14. Some of you, you need to place this in your car. You need to put it on your refrigerator. 
you need to make copies of it and give it to every family member you have. Time has a way of lowering your expectations. Time will make you settle for the apartment when God promised you the house. Time will make you settle to be to 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 remain to remain without children when when God promised you babies. Time will keep you in debt when God told you you'll be the lender and not the borrower. Time has a way to make you settle to be a church attender and not live the church. Time, time, time. It keeps ticking. And every tick of the clock, it will lower your expectations. But yet, may this serve as your reminder that if you'll follow the instructions of leaving behind the things of the world, and if you'll go all in by faith and not give up, you'll see 14 verses of the blessings of Abraham that because of what Galatians chapter 3 just told me and you, you and I are heir. We are the rightful heir to these blessings. God wants to do more for you than you've ever imagined. Would you stand with me this morning? I purposely have some time put into this message for this right here. With every head bowed and every eye closed. There's someone that walked in here today that you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. You need to turn your face towards God and allow Him to save you and write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. If you want to give your heart to Jesus today, if you want to come back to Jesus today, I want you to just lift your hand real quick. I'm not going to have you come forward. I just want you to lift your hand real fast, and I want to pray specifically over you. I see you, sir. Is there anyone else? I see you right there, sir. Keep your hands lifted up. If you want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, don't be, don't be ashamed and too quick to lower that hand. I want. Wow, this is beautiful. I see you, ma'am. I see you right there, sir, and I see that child. Wow, how beautiful is that? For those with your hand lifted up, this prayer is over you. Join with me by faith. Dear Lord Jesus, I know today that I need you as my Savior. I repent of my sin. I give you, I give you my heart. I invite you into my life to become Lord and Savior. I turn my back and I leave behind the way I've been living all of my life. And I choose today to live in a different way, and that's to follow hard after you. Lead me in the paths of righteousness, I pray. In Jesus' name. Let everyone say amen to that. Amen. Well, this morning, I've got some time that I've placed into this message because there's some of you that you just need a moment to look up. And you need somebody to bless you and encourage you. And I don't want you to stay right where you are. I'm asking you, put your feet into action. And I want you to come to this altar today. And I want you to agree with a prayer partner. They're not here to counsel. They're here to encourage. And if you just need a fresh dose of faith, you just need to believe that it's going to be possible. This altar is open for you. Worship team, lead us there. Who's going to be the first one today to say, you know, I'm not going to get sleepy in my prayers. I'm going to keep believing.